Well, happy Tuesday, Coastline family. We are so excited to be bringing the podcast to a different day with a different experience and a different feel. All throughout the Lenten season here at Coastline, we will be dropping episodes on Tuesday to pair it close with the sermon from the previous Sunday and also as an opportunity for you to start thinking about engaging with the devotional guide that we have made. And we're going to talk about all of that stuff today. But with me, I have Michael, I have Garrick, the two people who are basically taking point on our Ash Wednesday service, which is tomorrow night at 630 in the sanctuary at St. Andrews. Gentlemen, hello. Welcome to Tuesday. Man, it, thank you. It just feels like a completely new day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. I, you know, it's instead of doing like uh, whatever we eat on Thursdays, we'll do Taco Tuesdays as we record the podcast. I'm excited for this new season. I'm excited to lean in on the podcast and give people more resources and more things to think about as we enter into the Lent season here at Coastline. We've been talking about it a lot, especially in the office. And so before we get into how Coastline is going to step in and how we are inviting our people to step into Lent, I want to ask you guys your pastoral answer to the following question. What is Lent? Yeah. <laughs> Lent is uh, a season in the church calendar, basically the 40 days leading up to our Easter celebration, Resurrection Sunday. Um, comes from the Latin, from the Latin word lengthen, kind of showing that the days are getting longer and it's kind of that season. Um, that's where we get the language from. And it's really funny if you go back into kind of the history of what is Lent and where did it start. It's kind of, there's a bunch of different streams of practices from the church that kind of converge and make Lent. So Lent started as a, a season of preparation for those that are getting ready to be baptized on Easter. So there's kind of a stream there of individuals doing some preparatory work in their heart to get ready to be baptized. And then somewhere along the line, this is like in the fourth century, the, the church decided, hey, this is also a good season for those that have left the church that are wayward in their faith to basically come back into the season of renewal, um, renewing their faith, renewing their commitment to Christ. And so that became a stream that was celebrated. And then finally you had a stream of like, hey, this is good for the whole wider church to have a season. You know, we're not a highly liturgical church, but in a, a liturgical church, you have the seasons, right, of the church calendar. And so your Lenten season is basically that, season from Ash Wednesday to Easter that's to mark this time of preparation so that we kind of renew our commitment and passion and devotion to Christ. That was incredibly well put. Yeah, that was really well put. <laughs> Man, I didn't know that that word Lent came from the kind of the Latin root of lengthen. Mm -hmm. But man, let me tell you, in the midst of fasting for 40 days, the days <laughs> really can feel long, let me tell you. Yeah, let's let's talk about that for a second. So a huge thing with Lent, I think probably the first thing that comes to mind for people is when you say the word Lent, you talk about giving something up. Mm -hmm. Where does that practice come from? Yeah. Do you want me to start on sure. this? Sure. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It, it started as a, hey, let's fast like Good Friday to Easter. Like, so in the church history, you have this like three-day fast in preparation for Easter celebration. And then on the other side of the church, you know, you kind of have this Eastern church and the Western church be began this practice of, we're not going to just fast those three days. Let's fast all of Holy Week. And so that became a seven day fast. And then it grew from there as to like, hey, we see Jesus go into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and fast. And so we should be fasting from something all through this preparatory season 
to get us ready to have our hearts inclined to really celebrate Christ. And so that, that is kind of the, the historical roots of why is Lent equated with something to fast from or give up? It's something that started as a small fast that grew over time and then became a practice of a Lenten sacrifice is what it's often called, but basically something that you're fasting from food or often we do something else during that season of preparation. In your study, did you find when the shift culturally or among churches, it, when it shifted from a, a food fast to a something else fast? I did not. That's, That'd be a, interesting. that's an interesting question. Yeah, as you were speaking, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, it probably, you know, in the second, third, fourth century, yeah. fasting from food was incredibly hard, but also probably the only real thing you could fast from that would have any sort of significance spiritually, but also like, you know, if you were working as a fisherman, you couldn't yep. fast from like fishing and whatever. So right. th- I would wonder when it shifted to like, I'm giving up sugar, I'm giving up yes. TV, you yes. know, when it, that became popular. Yeah, probably when we moved away from subsistence living, right? Mm. Where you have so much opportunity to be like, I'm going to do a social media fast. Yeah. I'm going to do a TV fast. Like, obviously life is simple. You don't have the technological fast. You just, you have food because it is, food is so grounding and basic and important, right? And our brothers and sisters who live in other places that know what it's like to have food shortages. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that it becomes a major, obviously sustenance to life that we just kind of take for granted. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, so in the, in the studying that I did, this is just kind of a cup, this is an amalgamation of people I read. Mm-hmm. And also, so, hold on, before you go, a peek behind the curtain. I said this was going to be a short episode. I took no notes. I just have questions. Garrett comes in with a page of notes. Michael comes in with three pages of notes. <laughs> so when, when Michael says, in my reading, I'm looking at his reading and it's long oh and it's gosh. very hefty. So just know that this is coming from a very researched place. Yeah. Well, geez. And it's color-coded. I'm, yeah, not, color-coded. I'm not sure oh what the gosh. blue represents, but I know it's going to be significant. <laughs> the blue represents, I didn't write it, and the red is the things I wrote. Oh, okay. There it's we go. mostly I red. I want to be like Jesus, you know, the red there, writing. There I'll you be, go. Okay. Well, I'll be honest. It's mostly red on the pages, yeah, yeah. so yeah. this is all original Michael. Um, anyway, so, uh, <laughs> um, okay, so it looks like uh, the, the practice of Lent, it's actually kind of... Uh, debated as to when it really started. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people take it all the way back to Jesus Mm -hmm. and they just say, Hey, Jesus in Matthew four, one through 11 or Mark one, 12 through 13 or Luke. It's not in John, but Luke four, one through 13, him fasting in the desert was, it was like the start was the beginning of, of our Lenten practice. A lot of people, some people would point to that. Others would say that it didn't actually emerge as like a practice in the church until the second century. And what it started as was what you said, Garrick, it started as a fast um, that kind of started from Good Friday to Easter that then kind of lengthened to become 40 days. Mm -hmm. Well, then uh, in around the 800s, the strictness of the fast began to relax and then by the 1400s, they began just kind of giving up something of luxury, mm. something that was just, it didn't have to be necessarily food. So it was actually way before our iPhones. There you go. <laughs> it yeah, was, you it was in the 1400s. Incredible. 15th century. Yeah. Of course, three page Michael over here is going to give me my answer. <laughs> yeah. So, and the funny thing is, you know, and, and I know, um, yeah, not only do we think about fasting when we think of Lent, but I think for us in the evangelical church, we often go straight to Catholic when we think yeah. of Lent. And that was my next question. Like, yeah. how do we 
bring this into the evangelical Christian sphere where we sit. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is that we, we have to remember that uh, anything prior to the Reformation was a, a whole church thing. There was no such thing as the evangelical church before that. So if, if the practice originates prior to, uh, you know, prior to the Reformation, it's an us thing. It's an all church thing. It's a Christian thing um, that the church was doing prior to uh, it being a Catholic only thing. Um, and so actually, in fact, um, you know, Lent is, is practiced by the Anglicans. It's practiced by Ethan, Eastern Orthodox, Lutheran, Methodist, Moravian, Oriental Orthodox, Persian, and United Protestant churches. And it is traditionally a covenant denominational practice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. we came out of the Luth- out of Lutheran roots. And so it is a covenant denominational practice. Yes. So, um, and it's you know, a Presbyterian practice from yeah. our brothers and sisters at St. Andrews. At St. Andrews. Yep. Yep. Yes. And, um, Biola, which we, I think we would generally say is a, I mean, I, I pat myself on the back and pat Garrick on the back and pat Hunter on the back and a lot of us here. And Sean and, and Nikki. Sean and Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> like we all everyone. of us have masters in I bachelors, oh, masters or bachelors or both from or both, Biola. From Biola, yeah. yeah. So that being said, you know, <laughs> Biola um, um, puts out a, a Lenten devotional just like their Advent devotional mm-hmm. every year. So that being said, I just want to want to say um, it's kind of a misnomer, I think, in the church that Lent should only be practiced by people who are Catholic. Yeah. So I just want to start start by saying that. I just feel like, um, you know, we, we kind of ostracize a big portion of, of people. We would say our brothers and sisters in Christ who are Christ-believing and we agree on the essentials when we say that Lent is is only... A Catholic practice. Yeah, it's it's back to a right understanding of what Catholic means. Exactly. That's like, what right? I was going like to say. Catholic in the Greek where it is derived from comes from the word universal. Yes. And so Catholic, you know, means the universal church of God. It doesn't necessarily refer to like, oh, this is a Catholic practice, meaning a Roman Catholic or Catholic church practice. This is a universal, a Catholic practice of the church of Jesus Christ for centuries. Yeah. And a funny story, uh, back in the day at our old ministry context, I actually got in trouble for having a congregant write a devotional booklet and us trying to step in and celebrate Lent because it was seen as particularly, we didn't even do an Ash Wednesday service, but even just calling it Lent meant, oh, you were doing something Catholic. And I was like, yes, we are. We're doing something universal in the church of Jesus Christ that we've been celebrating for centuries, mm-hmm. not something that is isolated to your understanding of Roman Catholicism or your understanding of you know the Catholic church under the Pope. And I just think that speaks to probably a lot of people's experience of Coastline is doing a Lent booklet. We're doing an Ash Wednesday service. I think these things could strike people with a sense of fear and anxiety of like, this feels too new. This feels too something that I don't understand or agree with. And so that's why I'm really excited for us to do Coastline kind of as Lent or do Lent as Coastline. Mm -hmm. So people can see that this is us and this is who we are. Uh, It's not us trying to adopt a set of practices we were never allowed to adopt. It's not us trying to go a new direction. It's us trying to lead people in what the church has been doing for centuries in a very uniquely Coastline way, which is why I think it's going to be really great. 
Uh, really quick, before we talk about the future, I'd like to talk about the past a little bit. Garrick and Michael, I know you guys didn't grow up in Catholic context, but you guys probably have a relationship with Lent that started before you guys were starting to prep for Coastline. So I'd like to hear just a little bit about your experience maybe growing up or in ministry with Lent in the past. I have very little. I mean, I grew up in churches where it was uh, what we call low church, meaning not liturgical. So you didn't see the, you know, the the church calendar, you didn't read liturgy, you didn't see the worship center or the sanctuary color, change colors based on the the season of the church calendar you were in. And so all of it was really, I think, new to me and didn't have much experience of it until seminary, where you are experienced and exposed to other denominations. And I went and experienced some more liturgical kinds of church services. And so that was kind of my first introduction. And then as I began to think about it and read about it, I really enjoyed the idea of a season in a church because I think it gives you two things. One, it gives you focus. And the other thing that I love, it gives you repetition. Mm. And both focus and repetition together give you, I think, good practice. Mm. And so I like the idea. And I think we've done well historically, even in our low church, I mean, low liturgical kind of context. Obviously, we'll put a high marker on Advent and the birth of Christ we put a high marker on Easter. And so I think spreading out and enjoying some of this kind of historical church season that is linked to those already high church markers for us within our kind of church experience is a really rich thing, right? And I'm, I'm super excited for Lent because really at the end of the day, it is about preparation for the sake of renewal, renewing our passion and devotion mm-hmm. and love for Christ. And I'm just excited to do that for myself and excited to create space and a platform for our people to enjoy that. So that's kind of the attraction to it. I didn't have a lot of uh, previous experience. Yeah. I, I grew up in a Baptist church, so no, we did not. Yep. <laughs> we did not uh, do Lent, but um, at, at a certain point um, I was on staff for a few years at Rock Harbor, which is a kind of a non-denominational church mm-hmm. um, in in Orange County. And while I was there, um, the, the campus pastor at the Fullerton campus for a time was actually came out of an Anglican church where they practice Lent every year. And so he actually wanted to take the church through Lent. And so we did that as a, as a whole church for a few years. And um, and then the whole, the whole of Rock Harbor then decided that they were going to go through Lent and, and do a Lenten fast together. And so um, while I was there, I got exposed to what it could be like to go through Lent. And then I started actually utilizing Biola's uh, Lenten uh, experience as well. And so, and then now I've got a bunch of friends that that are um, high church friends who do this every year. And I get to kind of walk alongside them as they do their, their whole churches do the Lenten experience. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I've got some experience in it. Um, I, I would say that... Um, you know, as you were talking, Garrick, I just started thinking about how for someone who has never experienced Lent before, it it can it can look like uh, this kind of this extra thing that we're putting on our on our walks with God. This extra thing that we're saying, hey, you have to now go do this in order to be holy or in order to be right with God or in order to grow in him. And if you don't do this, then you're missing out on on the growth that you could have, or you're not going to really grow in him. Yeah. You're a junior member at Coastline. You're a junior member (laughs) if you don't do this. And, and I, and I just want to say grace and peace to all of you who don't want to fast this season. Yeah. Like 
as much as we want to encourage our whole church to do this, uh, we by no means is this meant to be kind of a, a ladder that you climb to get more holy, <laughs> to yes. become more holy. Um, the Lord is the only one who makes you more holy. And so I just want to say that. I yep. mean, I, I know we probably have more questions to answer, but I just, as you were talking, Garrick, I just started thinking like, yeah, I know that there's a lot of hesitation towards Catholic practices because a lot of the evangelical church looks at some of the Catholic practice to be kind of um, ladder climbing or moralistic and uh, kind of not remembering the grace we have in Christ. And yet that's not, that's not at all what we're hoping for. We're just hoping to grow. <laughs> that's, we just want to make space for God to grow us. Yeah. So then I'll ask this, how are we encouraging people in this Lent season to grow at coastline? What is Lent going to look like? What is this new teaching series about? And then We've talked a little bit about it, but we have a devotional guide that we've prepared in-house for people. Mm -hmm. So what is the teaching series maybe first? And then we can talk about the actual tactile thing that we're going to be giving people tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. Our next teaching series, the title of it is Repent and Renew. I think that's self-explanatory. <laughs> um, it's going to be six weeks if you include our special Ash Wednesday service. And I think a good way to um, think about it, give you a metaphor the way I look at it, um, you know, ships, as they get utilized in the ocean, grow barnacles on their hulls. And they always have to go through a process of like cleaning those barnacles off. Mm. And I look at the Lenten season for the believer as one of saying, I've picked up barnacles through the last 12 months. This is a season for me in my spiritual life with Christ to think about what does he need to clean up or shed off or help remove from my mind and heart that is about my own development and goodness and growth. So that's kind of the metaphor I'd put in people's minds as I think about it. Um, as far as the series goes, I mean, there's kind of, I, I look at it as basically like three weeks of prep and three weeks of like Lenten practices. And so you have, you know, um, recognizing our need for Christ. You have rending our hearts, um, kind of mourning the reality that we miss God's mark all the time then a time for confession. Um, and then we move into some practices that are part of kind of this whole Lenten season, uh, very familiar to most of us, uh, prayer, fasting, and rejoicing. So the six weeks is really kind of built around that, like three weeks of preparing and then three weeks of practicing. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, as you were talking about kind of renewing Garrick, um, I, by the way, I love that metaphor of the barnacles on the ship and needing mm -hmm. to kind of wash wash clean those barnacles so that the ship can function properly. Um, I also th I think that Lent is a that that idea of renewing. Part of part of that idea is that we would learn. So often in life, we learn to get numb to the things that are great. We just the things that are great in our lives. If we have so much of a great thing, we we start to get numb to it, mm -hmm. and it stops being as great as it as it is. I think about you know the the calculator, flashlight, picture generator, you know, television pager, telegraph, all in one device that sits in our pocket every day, our iPhone, and and I remember the day when if you needed sugar. You couldn't just go Instacart that thing. <laughs> you had to walk across the street, be uncomfortable and go say, hey, friend, neighbor, would you give me a thing of sugar? Mm -hmm. And and so what I'm saying is once you kind of, if, if all you ever do is have this this great device or even, even the sun coming up every day, you know, we don't always look at that as a great phenomenal thing. Uh, we start to get numb to it. And I think um, 
what seasons of fasting do is they they strip out the conveniences of life the the things that are amazing and wonderful and good they strip away those things so that we can more appreciate them mm-hmm. and so what i what i like to say is that the depth at which we prepare and observe the, the darkness of our sin and the world during the lent holiday or not holiday it's not a holiday i don't know if you would call it a holiday the lenten season, season. slash holy week I think that the depth in which we we go into that is in do- direct correlation to the height at which we're able to celebrate the profoundness of God raising himself from the dead and defeating sin and death and raising us into eternal life with him. Amen. That's wonderful. I love that. That really, really strikes a chord with me. And I, I, I think that is as good a, of an invitation as any to really participate in Lent. Um, so how are we encouraging people in like a physical tactile way to yeah. experience Lent here? At We're really excited. We have basically, uh, the staff have collected together and, and wrote a devotional. Um, Michael, Nikki and I, and with Rochelle's help um, on the graphic side, the four of us sitting down, spent a lot of time and energy writing. A, a lot of time. A lot of time writing a <laughs> Lent devotional which has basically been designed as a companion and guide for every coastliner like through this Lenten season. And I think we've written it really well knowing our people in the sense that it is meant to be bite-sized and yet the bite that you take is meant to be really deep and important and transformational. Um, And so we've written this devotional that we'll hand out starting Ash Wednesday. Uh, It's format. uh, It has uh, six sections in the front, um, which each section correlates to one of the weeks in the series. And there's a devotional there based on the content from the Sunday sermon. And then like the Gospels, the, the next six devotionals, are based on Holy Week. So just like the Gospels all slow down, meaning they give us a lot of chapters on Jesus's last week of life for obvious reasons, it invites each of us at Coastline to slow down during Holy Week and do a daily devotional through Holy Week. So six things to chew on and sit with um, that you can do at one shot, with the, with the sermon, or you can sit down the written so that you could, you could sit down in one shot. You could sit down three times a week. You could sit down daily. We've given some space for some journal writing, which we want to encourage you to do. We've also included a page for taking notes based on the sermon. So I really want to encourage you grab a copy and bring it with you every week to the service. Or if you're watching online, pull it out and use that to take notes. Again, it's kind of a travel companion for the whole Lenten season. Um, And so there's that devotional on a weekly basis that you can tackle however you would like. And then we're going to be invited into a daily devotional on Holy Week. And so it's really 12 different devotionals that you can jump into and track with us in our kind of themed teaching series through Lent. Yeah, I think I just want to say, like, I think we've we've tried our best to make it short and easy to complete. Yep. So that it, you you really can go as deep as you want to go. I feel like there's a lot of Bible verses you can look up. There's a lot of depth to be mined there, but you can also do this in 15, 20 minutes. If that's all you've got, no problem. Yeah. You, you, if you want to do this once a week, twice a week, three times a week, we, we've tried to make this very accessible and easy, not something that's going to just drain you. 
Yes. Um, but right. something that'll give you life. Yep. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and there's just a lot, I think there, what we noticed as we were writing is that there's a lot of variety because mm. Garrick's voice and my voice are similar in some ways, but very different in others. And Nikki's voice is very different than all both of ours. And so, um, you know, we've got a male voice in there, a female voice in there. It just, it feels like each, uh, each, each entry is its own little thing mm-hmm. and uh, gives a lot of variety. Yeah. And so, and there will probably be some people that will look at it and be able to say like, oh, that's Garrett. <laughs> oh, that's Michael. Wow. Oh, that's Nikki. You might, yeah. They, they probably will. I'm they curious. certainly will be able to because we, we, every you know, week on the podcast, the person who wrote the week will be on it. Oh, oh so, so yeah. there's no so mystery at all. Oh, dang it. I was just about to say, we should have people guess. And if anybody gets it exactly right, that's not staff, we should have like a little gift for them. Well, oh I guess we can't do can't that. do that. And that's something I wanted to mention about the podcast. I'm excited because it is, again, just like you've been saying, Michael, as deep as people want to go, the podcast this season won't be kind of what we normally do where we interviews or topics. We'll be focusing on the week's content. So it'd be from the sermon on Sunday and the devotional that week. So we'll always have the speaker who spoke that Sunday and the person who wrote the devotional guide that week to kind of interact with the main themes and to encourage people as they enter, enter into the fast and things like that. And so I, I'm looking at the list of who's going to be on what weeks and what's happening. And it's cool because it switches up all the time. So for example, next week it's Garrick and Nikki, but the following week is Sean and Nikki. And then it's Garrick and Michael. Then it's Sean and Michael. Like it, it's, it switches up a lot, which will be really fun to have kind of diversity and keep it, keep it moving, which will be really, really exciting. But again, you don't need to listen to the podcast to get the full breadth of Lent here at Coastline, but it's just meant to be a supplement and to help you and keep you on the journey with us. So that's really exciting. And it all starts tomorrow with Ash Wednesday. So I'm wondering guys, what is Ash Wednesday? What does it represent? And then what can people expect from Coastline's first ever Ash Wednesday service? Yeah. Ash Wednesday is basically the kickoff or official start to the Lent season. Again, that 40 days from where we start to then uh, getting ready to celebrate Easter. Um, and what it's about, really, it's a service that kind of the high mark of the service is the imposition of ashes or the anointing of ashes. And really what that is at its core is this reminder of a couple things, of our frailty, um, the fact that we are made of the dust and come, we come from the dust and we will return to the dust. Um, and so it's, it's helping us to recognize our physical need before the Lord and how that is also tied into our spiritual need as ashes are a sign of sorrow. Hmm. Um, sorrow over the way that we have not lived into um, God's standards, right? All the things we do and all the things we left undone or we, the things we don't do. So it's a real opportunity, I think, for us to step in with kind of a examination of where am I at today and how do I bring that before the Lord as I'm getting ready for him to do a new work in me? Mm. Yeah, I think if you come to the service, we'll worship. Um, you'll hear a primer on how to enter into Lent in a thoughtful and intentional way. Um, you'll receive the anointing of ashes. Um, there will be some call and response, some communal and liturgical moments for you to be participating in. Um, and then we'll call a fast uh, for everyone uh, to practice. And then we'll also ask what do you want, might want to take on in this season, not just fasting and giving up, but also, you know, is there something you might want to take on? Um, actually, uh, Garrick mentioned this really great idea that I'm, I'm personally going to be taking on. Um, so if you, if you go into the Bible app um, by life.church, 
there's a, uh, it's called the 40 day new Testament challenge. Mm-hmm. And you can look it up when you go to the search bar, you search the 40 day new Testament challenge or just put in 40 day and it'll pop up. Um, and right in there, it's, it's a 40 day reading through the entire new Testament journey. It's not necessarily associated with Lent. It's just reading the Bible in 40 days, yep. but it tracks as you go. And so if you have the Bible app or if you don't have it, you can download it for free. Um, you can do that along with Garrick and myself and whoever else wants to join. Yeah. Um, so that's another, like a, that's an example of something you could possibly take on. And so you'll, you'll get, you'll, those are all the things you might see yep. in our service. Yeah. I think it'll feel very much like a coastline service that you would, you, if you walk in, you won't be thinking like, what is this? It, it'll feel very much like home. It will have a, maybe a little bit more of a somber feel to it, given kind of our theme um, but I'm excited because I do think it's going to kick off the season and be important in our preparation um, for renewal because that's that's what we're seeking. Absolutely. And we'll link to the 40-day uh, New Testament challenge in the bio so people can jump in and do that. I just searched it on the Bible app. It's very easy to find. Cool. So we talked a lot about returning and renewing and, and repenting and all these things, but I think a, a theme that kept coming up for me is the idea of preparation, preparing our hearts as Lent is a season for that, but Mm. I kind of want to end with this question of how can we prepare our hearts to prepare our hearts for Lent? Like what, what is the step before the step we can take when we come to Ash Wednesday service tomorrow at coastline? Mm -hmm. Mm. I would respond by saying, you know, we, we often sing songs where we, we're commanding our soul, right? Michael loves songs like that. And so do I, Mm. you know, like, Oh, my soul bless his name. I think this is a time as we begin Lent to say to yourself, I'm going to step in. Like I'm going to try and I'm going to do all of the things, all of the opportunities that my church who loves me and wants me to be my best and to grow in Christ, I'm going to step into all the opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think that commitment from the front is going to probably be the most helpful as we've given you all of these great opportunities between the service, the devotional, the podcast, the things that will happen in our community groups. I, I think that's how you prepare to prepare. It's just from the beginning say, I'm going to step in. Yeah. You know, what, what comes to my mind is, you know, when Jesus fasts for 40 days, what happens immediately after he's tempted in the desert by Satan, mm-hmm. Satan sees this opportunity as a moment to just attack and to see your, your own physical weakness, to see your own spiritual kind of vulnerability in that moment. And he, he uses these moments to try to attack us and to try and kind of use our weakness against us. And yet, um, you know, the Lord actually says that it's in our weakness that his power is perfected. And so what I, what I, I think, uh, here's, what, here's what I know for myself. Every time I come to Lent, I think I hit a moment where I say to myself, man, I just, I'm not in prayer enough, man. I I don't ever fast, man. I'm I'm really not holy enough. I don't know if I can do this. I've never done 40 days of anything like all these, all these inner, uh, this inner voice starts Mm -hmm. to pop out and starts to discourage me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know about anyone else who's listening to this, but you may experience some of that too. The guilt and the shame that pops up when you go to try and take on a a kind of a new spiritual journey and you just, you get defeated. I know for me, I, I can get that way. And so I almost wonder if the first prayer starts with God, I want to want to do this. Mm -hmm. God, I want to want to pray. God, I want to want to fast. 
I don't want to, or I'm, I'm too nervous that I'm not good enough or that I'm not strong enough to complete something like this. Or I don't know that I'm going to get halfway through and just quit. Yeah. Too busy or too distracted, too busy, too distracted. And so I almost wonder if the work starts with you and God beginning to see the love of God, beginning to pray that he would, he would remind you of the fact that you are a full citizen of the kingdom, that you are loved and cared for, and that there's no guilt or shame in, in with him. There's no need to, to feel guilty or shameful as you take on this practice. And so maybe the, the first thing would be to say, Lord, remind me that I'm your child. And then the second thing might be, Lord, what might I give up? Or what might I take on and just begin that process now so that when we get there on Ash Wednesday, um, tomorrow (laughs) for you guys, uh, you know, you've got some things in mind already. Yeah. Yeah. You're not just grabbing in the air, you know, what what should I grab a hold of or what should I let go of? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's me, by the way. (laughs) That's me. I'm I'm at the Ash Wednesday service like, oh, I got to figure something out right now, Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm excited. I feel inspired on my end because I've watched all of these things happen. I've seen you guys prep and I've gotten to read some of the devotions and Michael, your point about how deep we enter into this season will be kind of in direct correlation with how much we get out of it. And I really, really responded to that. And as I'm sitting here thinking, I, I want to do this. I am very excited to go on this journey and I hope that people listening are as well. And again, it begins tomorrow night at 630 in the sanctuary at St. Andrews for our first Ash Wednesday service. We are excited to see you there. We are excited for everything to come. Last question, guys, what are you giving up for Lent? Oh, here, I I don't know for sure, but here are my current thoughts. We're recording this a little before Ash, Ash yeah. Wednesday. It's a little before. My, here, here are my thoughts that I can share to this point. Uh, one, the thing I want to take on, Michael's talked about, and I'm going to talk about in my sermon that, you know, reading through the New Testament uh, in 40 days, that's what I want to take on. What I'm looking to let go of and shed intentionally, I'm playing with the idea of fasting from TV for 40 days. So that's, that's I think, what's... There's going to be a week where we're going to encourage everybody to do a food fast of some uh, form, and we'll talk about that when we get there. But I think for me in the whole 40 day period, I feel like that's something the spirit has been whispering into my brain as an, a good idea for me in this season. Did you feel my soul leave my body when you said fast from <laughs> I, TV? I, I, know. I felt your body like cringe Six. and you try to move back as far away from me as humanly possible. <laughs> Succession comes back on March 26th. Oh There's no way. There's no way. Internally, I just kept saying bold, of, bold move, Garrick, bold move. Think of all the space that was freed up for God to grab a hold of my attention. That's what's fascinating to me. I'm not looking forward to the idea, but that's, like I said, I haven't pulled the trigger yet. But that's, <laughs> that's what I'm contemplating, and that's probably what's going to happen. There you go. We'll hold Garrick accountable when you see him at church and be like, hey, did you see that episode of, oh, wait. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Watch it. What about you, Michael? You know what? I haven't fully decided. One of the things I've been throwing around is... I, um, I think I might have a little bit of a caffeine addiction. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm always drinking soda mm. and I think it's, I just want to give it up for the whole, the whole season. Um, maybe just drink water and maybe LaCroix. I don't know. I may give that up too. Um, so I think I'm, I'm, I'm most likely going to do that. Um, and I think I'm going to do this new Testament 40 day thing with you, Garrick. 
So yeah, there's a way for us to like join. Like anybody's going to do that with us. Like we can like be friends and kind of <laughs> do it connect together. with each other as we do it. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't looked into it, but we'll, we'll definitely do that. I'm sure somebody listening knows exactly how to do that and I'm, they'll be able to help us out with that. That would be great. Wonderful. Well, soda and TV. Congratulations guys. What about for you, Hunter? Uh, this is a good question. I've been processing this a lot with Megan and we've been going back and forth on what we want to do to experience the land. I do think I'm going to do the new Testament in uh-huh. 40 days. Uh, it's been a while since I've read my Bible. So that'd be good for me to peek in there. But I think I'm going to try to give up. It's, it's kind of in a more of an emotional space rather than like a thing mm-hmm. for me. It's the conviction that I have that I'm pretty much, I'm always in a state of want of what could I get next? What, what is that thing that, or that experience that will satisfy me in this moment? And so responding to that as maybe I don't want to get so much and amass so many more things. And then there's also inverse of negativity, uh, where I think it's easy for me. And I think it's easy for a lot of people, uh, the most dominant, familiar emotion or response we have to things is negativity, whether it's sarcasm or a snarky comment or just believing the worst in somebody or, or not choosing to give someone the benefit of the doubt, simply not extending grace to people. Mm. Uh, and so really challenging myself to look at the model that Jesus has of simplicity and mm. of the way that he speaks to people and try to model that for the next 40 days. Um, it's not tactile, you know, I, I'm not like doing the sugar thing. Yeah. I'm not doing the TV thing. Never, but I, I, in a lot of ways, much harder. (laughs) Yeah. in a lot of ways, much harder and a lot of ways, really easy to call people on too. Right. So if you, if you say on a podcast, Hey, I'm trying to give up negativity for Lent and then you hear me being negative, that's, that's an opportunity for you to say, Hey, wait a second. So we're going to have a positive, (laughs) kind hunter for 40 days. I don't think that I'm generally unkind, That's true. but I do think that that is something that I, and and, and this is a whole other conversation, but I think when we have these emotions, like being unkind or being, um, you know, X, Y, or Z, we choose to just live into that. Oh, I don't want to be nice to that person. I'm unkind or like, Oh, I'm always stressed out. So I never want to find the peace in things. And Mm. there are actual reasons for those things. But other times I just think it's easy to just default to those things. And, And what would it look like for the next 40 days to choose a different emotion, a more positive one that reflects Jesus in my heart. That would be how I would succinctly say that. Yeah. So, so we're yeah. going to, we're going to have a positive hunter. <laughs> I cut you off. I was like, I don't want you to think I'm negative. No, I didn't mean, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're going to be positive and you're also going to have more in your savings because you're not going to buy anything for 40 yeah, years. And can, that's going to be, I can buy a new catalytic converter. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yes. Well, I, as you were talking about that hunter, just like, you're like, I'm not generally like a non-positive person, you know, like a negative person. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet you're choosing to take this on. I, you know what? I, I was actually just reflecting even on what I said. I said, uh, I think I might have a little bit of of an addiction. First of all, I I don't know how true that really is. That was a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but still, I don't think we take on, I just, I just was thinking we don't take on Lent to get rid of our bad habits. I don't think that's the goal. And so as you were saying that, I was like, oh, that's really profound that you're, you're choosing to, to take on this, this act of trying to be more kind, even though you're not an unkind person, you're trying to take on something that's going to, that's going to help you to be even more kind or even more thoughtful and, um, thoughtful about the way that you spend or thoughtful about, uh, what, what kind words come out of your mouth. Like, and, and I just think like, sometimes we look at Lent as this, like, almost like our new year's resolution, right. like we're trying to combat bad habits. And, and though I think it does, 
the goal of Lent, I don't think, is to combat bad habits. I think the goal of Lent is to recognize our need for God. You know, absolutely. So I just, as as you, the listener, are kind of thinking, what what am I going to take on? Um, what healthy habits am I going to take on, or what healthy or unhealthy habits am I going to let go of? Whatever habit it might be, um, that is going to the the end goal is whatever I'm giving up. Is it going to direct me to need towards my need for God? And that's the question we're asking here at Coastline. And and we hope that you, in your own way, in your own time, in your own space, ask that question. What can I do, whether it's giving up or putting on or entering into, that will help me understand and depend on God more, understand my need for God and depend on God more. So that's exciting. I'm excited. This is great. We will see you guys at Ash Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Peace. Peace.